I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast from Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and today we have Carl Fillery as my guest. Carl is the partner or a partner at EMC Management Consultants, and we're going to be talking about post-COVID business planning. Good morning to you, Carl. Good morning. So before we get into the detail of the conversation and all things post-COVID, can you maybe introduce yourself your background and your role at EMC for our listeners? Yes, of course. So as, as you say, I'm a partner of a company called EMC. Um, we provide expertise in business management and corporate finance solutions, mainly to owner-managed companies and, and senior executives um, to help them and their businesses flourish. Um, I've had a career as a business leader spanning 30 years now. Uh, across many different sectors and size of companies, uh, and I guess sort of gaining a reputation really as a as a, a change agent, and it's certainly the the part I enjoy most. Um, a good example of that is recently as CEO, I led a company generating 100 million in sales that had been losing money for a number of years and in terminal decline. Um, they had invested heavily in many things uh, and people to fix this with no success. Uh, and I stopped the rot, turned it around and increased performance or operating profit by over 30% in under three years. And I'm sort of particularly proud of that part. And this was recognized by industry business leaders and owners in becoming uh, Sussex Business Person of the Year. Um, uh, and yeah. you, you mentioned as you were talking there that you've uh, your career has spanned 30 years, all in a similar field. And on that note, is this the most challenging time that you've seen for business owners in those 30 years? Well, I think it reminds me of the recessions um, of the 80s, the end of the 80s. Um, I know technically we have seen recessions since then, um, but that, I would say, is is the uh, the sort of biggest one I remember of, of my time uh, that had similar impact or the impact that this one's going to have. I realise COVID's unprecedented in, in certain ways, but... You know, we will start talking about a, a recession, uh, and really, it's the optimism from that I want to give because um, the upside afterwards can be great. Uh, and if you can get through that and get the foundations in place, 
Um, it will be uh, a very exciting time. But yes, I think that was the sort of last one I saw of, of significant note. Maybe can you speak on what you're seeing right now and to put this in context, uh, maybe about six, seven episodes ago, Jason Woodford, the CEO of Site Visibility and I, we were kind of talking about our experience right in the pandemic and what we're going through as a business. So listeners, if you're interested, you haven't heard that, go back and listen to that. That's our perspective on what's happening at Site Visibility. But maybe, Carl, can you speak more broadly on the trends that you're seeing in business owners and what they're experiencing right now? Well, the, the trends um, are, um, there's a big unknown, and, that, and that's really around how clients and customers are going to behave, and that's going to, to, to be interesting and a bit of a learning curve because habits have shifted and values have shifted greatly. Um, it's certainly accelerated technology uh, at a rate of knots. I think we've probably traveled about five, ten years in in, in a short period of time in, in embracing technology. I think there are pockets within sectors. So if you're in hospitality, events, um, leisure, that's, you know, holidays and that type of thing and anything connected with that, that's, that's a particularly difficult area. Uh, and that's going to require, I think, a lot of innovation and, and, you know, what is normal, normal going to look like in that area? I don't know. I think the other part that, that is interesting really is, you know, I think it's about 12 months before we're going to see everything. Um, because I think the, the, the COVID help and support has been fantastic from the government, but it has, you know, it's kicked the can down the road, if you like. Um, and so therefore there are sort of two, two sort of milestones there one is going to be sort of september time when this runs the support runs out and then it's going to be the same time next year when that's all got to start being paid back so you know there's there's still a lot of of i i guess um information to come out to see what the real effects of that are i think the interesting thing it will be about more localized companies again and support and, and supply chain, um, which one hopes will be the case in, in rather than particularly sort of manufacturing and, and those areas going to big central hubs or even overseas. Um, you know, I'm hoping that the, the love will be spread a bit more to the sort of local areas again and local manufacturers and local businesses in order to to sort of reduce the risk. So that could be very interesting and that could be an opportunity. Um, but there, there are a, a few un, unknowns here. But I think the biggest thing that everybody's learning is where, where profitable customers are now. You know, businesses chase volume uh, a lot and they don't see where the, where the sort of profitable customers are. And there's, there's some interesting information there around, you know, I've, I've seen a, talk to a lot of people that sort of dropped half in their income, maybe two thirds in their income. Um, and um, there's, they're profitable because they've got their, the, the income they've retained and the cost that they've lined to it, they're, they're, they're making greater profits. So, you know, there's, there's some sort of real shifting of operating models to go on. Um, and, and that's what a lot of people are seeing and learning. And, and I guess that's, that's the area where, where I feel um, most help is required, um, if you like. 
Yeah, that's one area that's really interesting to me, um, particularly about finding profitable customers. Um, and the reason that's interesting to me is because I think there's, I mean, we know in the UK there's been a skill gaps in uh, the area of data and analytics and that's needing to be filled and there's demand for those roles. And just for me, speaking from more of a marketing than a business perspective, but the same rule applies or the same principle applies, is that I think there are a lot of businesses out there realizing just how useful data analysts can be or would have been in their businesses if they had had them in place already. Because when you're in a time like this and you need to focus or double down solely on your most profitable customers or on customer segments, now is the time that you're looking for a data analyst. So I'm seeing something similar in that businesses that are well-equipped with data seem to already quite sophisticated in their use of data and analytics seem to be finding this a little bit more easier than those that are not as sophisticated. So that's a really interesting trend that I think spans probably marketing and business. Mm. Let's take a scenario. So I'm a business owner right now, and you've just talked about that September or October when the following scheme is ending, is coming up. And I'm maybe feeling apprehensive about that. Can you maybe speak or give speak on or give some practical tips about your advice and where you'd recommend people start? Yeah, well, I, I think um, I think the in, the interesting piece here, and, and what I want to encourage um, people to start thinking about is the future, and and starting to to plan really. Uh, stop stop assuming that the the old way will come back. You know, it may. Uh, but I think it's dangerous to hope uh, that it will. Um, and it is really time to sort of lead with some confidence, I guess, and optimism, but balance that with realism. You know, you can sit there with your head in your hand saying, well, it's never going to be good or the same again, and actually that's not going to help, and it's not going to help the people that you you manage. You're not going to be spoon-fed the answers. So, you know, it's it's time to sort of get get going and get some confidence back and start sort of pushing what happens next. You're going to have to make some assumptions and you're going to have to get your, get some help, which probably sort of just uh, underlines what we just talked about earlier about some analysis or external view or, or you know, maybe, maybe using resources that you haven't thought of uh, before. Uh, and the planning part I think is a little, little tough because I, I think, you know, the, the environment we've got used to or the distractions of working from home or, or wherever we're working from, you know, is not, not necessarily sort of conducive really to be able to sort of think about the future because I think that's something that's normally better done um, sort of face-to-face, drawing off energy, um, bouncing ideas. So, you know, I would encourage that to start taking place again. And you just got to start thinking about what, what your business could look like, what it should look like. You know, we're hearing this uh, this term a lot. You know, what's the next normal for you? Um, but that's that's really the sort of thinking you've got to do. Um, organizing your business in line with you know future demand levels, what you've seen. You've got to be clear on what these are, uh, and really, you know, how you're going to 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 deal with them. Um, and and just you know, really sort of think about everything differently uh, and, and with open eyes. Yeah, there's a fascinating piece of advice there that I took from that, which is um, not to have your kind of business benchmark as pre-COVID because that might not return or it's very unlikely to return. So, you know, look at maybe look at your business in a new light and maybe this is the best time to 
reestablish and reset your targets or your vision for your business. And so I think that's a really interesting piece of advice. Yeah. And, and, then, and your personal, you know, um, mm. and, you know, targets and ambition in that, because that will drive, that will drive what you do next. And, and it will be felt in your, your company if you're at odds with it, uh, frankly. So it's, it's a good time to reset. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Just um, from a personal standpoint as well, I think that's a really, yeah, a really key message. Um, and as you as you mentioned there, business owners can take those personal views or that personal reset and apply that to their business. And it probably will make it a lot easier if they're comfortable in themselves as well. And um, earlier you mentioned you mentioned techno- technology and you said how business uh, businesses are having to adapt or uh, use technology more than ever before and it's maybe accelerated their use of it mm. can you maybe speak on some other adaptions that business owners are having to make yeah anything that stands out to you be, beyond technology well I, I i think there's i've seen lots of innovation you know from from um people that produce booze to producing hand gel and and, and things and <laughs> things like that uh, they're not the same thing, no. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Just put it in a different bottle. Um, hey, it's desperate times, and uh, I've got a lot of hand gel lying around. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, but you know, there is some there is some innovation out there. I think the caution piece, and I think that like, we, we we joke about that. I think is is it sustainable? You know, well done on someone trying to you know react to the, the sort of challenges they're facing. You know, get some production going, get some income going. You know, help the sort of greater good, if you like. But actually, now, now, you know, when a form of normality resumes, are you still going to produce booze, or are you going to produce hand gel? And, and my suggestion yeah. is, you know, that, that that may not be sustainable. So, mm. I think the long term innovation piece is is interesting. I, I think I come at the sort of technology and and the sort of a, a, the adaption of the consumer, if you like, or clients where, you know, people wanted a lot of face-to-face. Um, I've seen, we've seen big shifts in in brand uh, switching, which you, you've probably seen as well, which is interesting. Big shifts on online ordering and, 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 and shopping, which doesn't seem to be uh, changing uh, that much as well. You know, those that are now going back out to to, to restaurants and, and bars are, are used to having their temperatures checked and given their mm-hmm. data details and, and sitting two meters away from 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 people. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I think the the other interesting bit really is is that uh, you know I, where I'm seeing is inquiries change, and particularly in sort of manufacturing and areas like that where. More where businesses have been putting all their their, their sort of um, procurement overseas, they're now talking internally to 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 the, the type of companies that we are working with, and and wanting to sort of reconnect and, and, and sort of do business again. So so that part's um, interesting, and you know I, I guess I guess the the, the bit I mean we're we're quite a client quite intensive sort of company and and um you know we've all got used to the sort of zoom culture now but more importantly so has the people we want to speak to they're very comfortable they're very happy it's now in the language we're now i think we're far more efficient 
um, than we've ever been. And I'm seeing this a lot with other companies in, in, in spending time um, with our clients and getting to the point rather than times in cars or traveling or, 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 or stuff like that. And um, actually, it feels like a, a, a greater service is being offered, if you like, because we, we are spending more time little and often you know with our clients and and what i'm seeing other people you know they're spending time with their clients and i guess the point i'm trying to 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 get to is whereas you could be doing a piece of work or you're 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 quoting for a company or you're helping a company succeed um or grow and you could go quiet for a couple of weeks while you work on a piece of work you now can talk regularly uh, and 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 people feel the sort of momentum and the progress and are able to sort of input along the process. So I think that part's um, interesting. Uh, I think another part is going to uh, uh, around the distribution piece. So this whole shifting of homeworking, you know, we, we are seeing some of the people that provide um, desks, tables, chairs, that type of thing. They're getting the same level inquiries and orders but they're now not going to a central place. They've now got to go to, you know, 100 people's houses to deliver all of this and, and, and put it all in place. So that's interesting. Um, and then that, that's going to tie back to, you know, what's, what's profitable business looking like. I also think that the, the consumer and customer at the moment is happy to pay a little more. They're, they've accepted mm. that. Whether they're able to pay a little more is a different thing. Certainly there's a willingness to. So, you know, I jumped around a, a, a lot in that. Apologies, but um, I just wanted to <laughs> no, draw out the interesting things that I'm seeing. Yeah, no, there's plenty of trends there. And the thing about customers um, kind of willing to pay more is really – where do you think that comes from, maybe? Well, I think, there's, I think there is this acceptance that it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big crisis. Um, and um, I think what's different this time is it's not a company or an industry or – you know, the banks or whatever, there's, you know, there's no one to blame, if you like, particularly within business. And therefore, there's there's probably a little bit of sympathy um, that I've not seen mm. uh, before. Um, and I think I think where this will sort of be sort of checked is, is that people may not do as much. So I'm certainly going back to sort of the hospitality industry. You know, people are questioning themselves about how often they used to eat out and what they did. And is it a special yeah. event anymore? And I can do this at home and I can do it with friends and it's actually quite enjoyable, but I still will go out, but it's, it's going to be a bit more of a special event. So, mm. you know, I, I, I think there's a bit of that going on really. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's a fascinating way to look at it. Actually, there's two things that you touched on. I guess one we've already spoken about a little bit and that now is the time to kind of do a bit of self analysis and consumers are doing that themselves and they're spending habits. So, uh, that's interesting but actually it's the consumer sympathy part which i'll summarize is kind of what you discussed there is that that's fascinating actually and it's something that maybe i don't think i've experienced before but as you said maybe there are customers out there i've seen a little bit of this that are more willing to buy you know one-off products or uh, i recently for example i'm into martial arts and there's a mixed martial arts company called one and they, I would never usually purchase from them. They're based out in Singapore. And I just don't really, I'm not into buying all the merchandise, but I, per, I purchased a stay-at-home kit, which is kind of a selection of items that they pulled together and curated to encourage people to stay at home. And they, they took some of the 
profits from that to donate to COVID nineteen relief mm-hmm. and things like that. And and the other so that that's there's a there's a personal experience of me doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've done that, I think, a few times during lockdown. But also things like buying gift cards. I've seen this gift cards locally for restaurants, even though they're not open now, or they're just opening in preparation for when they do open to keep them running. I've seen Kickstarter and crowdfunding to ha- help keep local businesses opening and people kind of from a community getting in, putting their hands in their pocket to uh, contribute. So there's something in there ab- about consume, kind of consumer sympathy and um being alert or more alert to the problems that businesses are facing and it's really interesting just from a marketing angle it's being conscious of that so you don't take advantage of it mm. i think that's really important i, I agree i mean so, I, I think that yeah. i've seen you know a lot of landlords being very kind with their, their lease i mean leases i mean it's all if they're able to if they're able to they've been yeah. kind and 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 um you know, try to, to, to help people or businesses. Mm. Um, sadly, there's some that just aren't able to be kind. And, and that's, that's the sort of vicious circle, if you like. But, the, but there's, a, there's, there's a lot of positive things, I, I think. Happening. Yeah. And one positive that stands out to me about that whole situation is I guess that will allow businesses and customers to build much stronger and closer bonds, maybe that they haven't had before. If they're both, if they're in this situation together, a business is struggling and a consumer has sympathy and is helping them keep them afloat, you'd expect that to form some real customer loyalty uh, on both sides, really. Yes. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think the community sort of, you know, commu- sort of community piece or, or my, my hope and, and where I see it at the moment is, is that, you know, customers, we, we, we use the term loyalty a lot, but actually the sort of, mm. you know, the, what you're trying to get to is a community and, yeah. and I think I think that will certainly seeing it I hope it sticks and I, and I think the key will be for for businesses to make sure that um, they they don't abuse it if you like <laughs> and and and, mm. um, and and retain that community and, and loyal you know real loyalty with their customer base. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And uh, going back to our, you know, an example business, they're in this position, they're spotting these trends and they're kind of trying to plan for the future. What are some practical things you think business owners can start doing today in respect to planning? Well, you, you've got you've got the immediate piece, haven't you? You've got to start, you know, thinking if you've got people on furlough and, and, and that type of thing, you, you've got to, you know, start thinking about when and how and actually whether you should um, be bringing these people uh, back. Um, you know, part, part of the, the sort of resetting is, is sometimes sadly not, not all about making nice decisions, but now now is the time to make those tough decisions um and and back to what we said already about you know if you if you've taken support uh, you've got to start planning about what that looks like in your business and how you're going to be able to service it and importantly i think there's some good companies out there that i'm seeing and still encouraging um to take support um because they they you know they've genuinely been affected by the, the covid piece and and should be taking some support because it will help them and and very much can see that you know that they will get some sort of level of 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 increase in their their income you know the social distancing rules these pieces you know everything that we've been talking about here you've got the health and safety for your customers and your clients and you know there there will be a different expectation there particularly i think from your um, employees and certainly um, with the, 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 the customer base, which will probably show itself a bit more in demographic, but still will be there. But I think a really in, interesting piece, never before have I seen so much information being shared by companies, people, um, you know, with all this sort of downtime of, of trying to fill the gaps. Everybody is sharing lots of information. And this is a great time. I think to see what's out there, what would work for you, how others are doing, you know, you know, grab it, adapt it, use it, you know, just it's it's already readily available. So it's a good time to grab hold of that. Yeah, so I guess on the practical standpoint, it's uh, making sure you do your research. And yeah, it's funny you say that because, uh, as I mentioned, we've already recorded a podcast on this, Jason and I, from a different angle completely. And I'm pretty certain that if I look at the the guests that I've spoken to on this podcast between that podcast with Jason, maybe seven episodes ago. And now I'm almost certain we've touched on the topic in some form or some context with every guest. So uh, there are little pieces of advice coming through in every episode about how to adapt and apply new lessons for, I guess, post COVID. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. There's, there's no shortage of information out there at the no, moment. No, and it's still changing. And it's still changing. It, you know, every, mm, every, every yeah, week there's something new. Right. Mm. No, you're right, because we're still – that's the thing. We're not, we're not out of it yet, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but we're – you know, as we record this, we're at the – uh, in the, just nearer towards the end of July, and there's still a few months to go in terms of business support. So um, – you need to have your research mechanisms in place, I guess, so that you're alert to new information and new ideas as well. So that's really important and some practical advice. And um, I guess the hardest part, and speaking on the fact there is so much information, is prioritization. So can you maybe provide some advice around where you would prioritize 
your time and planning in which area? Yeah, well, this is where the leadership piece comes in, really. You know, as, as a leader, you've got a responsibility to, um, you know, prioritize and, and, and really commit to the sort of areas of importance. So, you know, it's, it's, and, and when you've worked this, you've got to work that out. And and you you've got to sort of focus on the following areas. You've got to reset your business model. Is it the right one? You know, have fewer but bigger priorities or objectives. And as I've said earlier, you know, chase, don't chase volume, chase the profit, chase the cash profit. More importantly, mm-hmm. because you know, cash has got to be king. So you fundamentally or comprehensively got to reset your 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 cost base. You've got to protect the cash part uh, and and be clear about you know you can repay and you've got you've got all these holidays going on but they're going to catch up with you at some point so you know have them in your mind uh, and and in, and importantly you've probably got to do just a little bit of work to see that you know you're going to be paid and your supply chain and clients and suppliers are are able to to sort of pay you so you know you've got to get a bit closer to some of the um, key people in your you know your company set up and, and build those relationships again, just to understand that you, you you know what can affect you. It's not about everything you do; um, it's about the companies that you're connected with, what they can do, you know, the effects they can have on you, and um, that you you make plans really around that. So back to sort of proper basics of managing your your, your business. You got to, you know, we talked about earlier about looking outside. You know, how is your your market, your sector being affected? And actually, you know, looking that again with that outside look about, you know, what what do new products and new customers look like? You know, and I and I, and I guess you know, everyone in the sort of analytics world or marketing world, you should be good at that. But you know, really mm. see what's working well and what are the sort of success stories that are coming out at the moment, and how can you um, adapt that but the, the i think the biggest thing really is you know you we're hearing this sort of term a lot about pivoting and and uh flexible you know if we look back in the past successful companies have always been fle- flexible and able to adapt quickly to change uh, and this is this is going to be an incredibly important ingredient over the next couple of years and you need to really think about, have you got the right people? Have you got the right skills? Are you focused on the right things? And it goes back to the, the, you know, the leadership piece again. You've got to get buy-in. You've got to um, clearly lay out what you're focused on. You've got to be able to change um, if through those learnings it's not working um, for you. So you know, get closer to your people. Talk to them regularly. Give them clarity. Turn it into a language they understand, and 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 you know just just keep batting away, really. But really, be prepared to change. If something's not working, then cut it out quick and 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 move on to something else. Yeah, there was a great um, example of this recently, and it's not about long term change, I don't think. But there is a, I think it was. A Brighton, I'm going to say Bourne because I think they've expanded now, but bakery called Ray's. And uh, I, I watched a story on BBC News where COVID had hit. They had to close down their bakery and they noticed a trend in people looking for flour for at-home baking. 
So I think it was the business owner. I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty certain it was the business owner set up an online store overnight to sell all of this excess flour. And then that, and then they sold out of the flour and then it expanded into other baking goods. And all of a sudden they had this new revenue stream from an online store for all of this at home baking ware and products. And it was kind of an overnight success. And now that they've, uh, even now that they're allowed to open, they're still keeping the online element of the store running as a new revenue stream. So uh, there's there uh, is, I found that a fascinating story about how to adapt, and it kind of ties in lots of these elements that you're talking about in terms of keeping observant and your eye on research and um, needing to pivot and uh, and some of the good and some of the positive things that can come out of this situation for a lot of business yeah. owners. So that was a really interesting story. Actually, on that topic, just before we close the podcast, um, not necessarily examples, but resources. Are there any books, podcasts, websites that you find yourself going to a lot for this type of information, This these types of trends that you've been speaking well, of? Well, we, we, we produce quite a bit ourselves because we're connected, yep. you know, with about 50 clients at the moment that we're trying to, you know, been working with in one form or another and, and, and sort of helping them um, through this change. So where we can, we we share that information. Certainly, um, you know, I, I, I find LinkedIn interesting, what people are, are sort of posting uh, there and the stories, and, and that seems to become, I, I don't know whether people have just become more engaged, um, but it certainly seems to be a richer form of, of, of help and, and people sharing, sharing stories. You, you've got to sort of work your way through that a little bit. McKinsey, I particularly like. They probably throw out about three um, sort of newsletters or, or content or podcasts um, a day um, of just what's going on with the trends, both in the UK and overseas. Um, and it's a mixture of trends and and also what people are doing about it or areas to to, to sort of focus on. So they're, they're the... They're the areas I get get the most uh, amount of information from, um, and and like I say, I find the McKinsey one particularly interesting, and of course the ones that we produce as well. And now's the time that we can add you to that list. So, can you let our listeners know where they can find more about you and more about EMC yeah, Consultants? So, so um, I mentioned LinkedIn. I think that's really the, the sort of best way to. Uh, connect with me or, or message me um, and um, that has uh, both my sort of personal profile there and also um, connections to EMC uh, and and between those two areas is where we we share um, information uh, and that's got all my direct details on uh, as well so if anyone particularly feels like speaking to me that's a good way of actually achieving it brilliant uh, and on the flip side of that, if you're looking for an agency and you're looking for the data and analytics part of that, someone to help you identify trends, particularly online. Uh, we talked about help you identify your most profitable customers. Uh, reach out to us at Site Visibility. We're at sitevisibility.co.uk. All of the show notes from today's episode are at sitevisibility.co.uk as well. Send all your feedback to grow at sitevisibility.com. And for now, Carl, I'll just say thank you for your time. It's been a really interesting discussion and uh, have a great day. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 